0: Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us in our series, Easter, The Jesus Way. Jesus is our ultimate example for how we should live our lives. In this series, we are looking at Jesus's ministry, from his calling to his victory over the grave. We are walking alongside his journey to the cross, to his death and burial, and then to his resurrection. Each week, we will be deep diving into chapters 15 through 21 of the Gospel of John, leading us all the way to celebrate Christ's victory over the grave on Easter Sunday. Now let's tune in.
1: Well, sometimes there's things in life that just don't live up to their hype. Have you ever had those moments when you're like, you were expecting something and it just did not live up? to the hype that you thought that it would. Several years ago, I had the opportunity to go to London, and I remember the first time that I saw Big Ben, and I thought to myself, that's really, really cool. I thought it would be bigger. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you had the same experience where you're kind of like, I expected like a 10-story tower opposed to a three-story tower, and nonetheless, it was beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it, but I, I thought to myself, hmm, it certainly didn't live up to the hype. Krispy Kreme donuts are the same way to me, and I know that that is fighting words. <laughs> For some of you. I mean, if you offered me one, I would gladly take it this morning and I'm sure I would enjoy it. But I think there's a lot better donuts out there. In fact, I'm team Dunkin' Donuts all the way. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just me and you can come up later, put a prayer request card if you need to pray for me on that. Uh, I'm kind of the same way with Whataburger. What is the big deal? I I don't get it. I I mean, people wait in line forever for these things, and I'm thinking to myself, this is like a Sonic Burger, which is right here, um, which was really easy to get in and out of. And uh, I hope I haven't offended all of you first-time guests here with us today. But we have these moments in life where things just kind of don't live up to the hype. We had an expectation, and they did not fulfill that expectation. But it's not just products. It's not just services. It's also these moments moments when I expected something differently or I had something in my mind I thought it would go this way but in reality it went an entirely different way maybe you have those moments in life where you realize I need to temper my expectations because I expected something but it did not fulfill what I had expected for some of us we thought community would be a lot easier than it actually is We thought, I know that I want it, I know that I need it, I thought that that would be a lot easier, that I would find that a lot quicker than I have. Or maybe you've thought to yourself, you know, marriage would take away all the problems in my life. That's the one thing that's missing in my life, and so that would totally launch me into an area where I will have no more problems if I am married, and all the married people are thinking to themselves, yeah, right. (laughs) Or you have kids, and you think to yourself, our house is kind of in disarray, and so if we have more kids, maybe the house will be a little calmer. Or we'll be better parents if we have more children, and you realize that just doesn't happen that way. And all of us, I'm sure, have had those moments where we have a situation that needs to be addressed, but we ignore it, thinking that it will just go away. We have this expectation, if I ignore something, it will probably become easier over time. And whether it's a product, or whether it's a a vision, or a dream, or whatever the case might be, you and I have these moments when we have in our mind, this is going to happen, it's going to be this way, and it ends up being an entirely different way. There's another one that I hear quite frequently, and maybe you can relate to this. It's one that I think is so huge. I hear it all the time. I deal with it in my own life. In fact, it's directly relevant to our message today. Have you ever thought to yourself, I thought life would be a lot easier than it actually is. I thought that my problems would be a lot more manageable than they are. And I thought that the closer and closer that I got to Jesus, the more and more that the problems would dissipate. Or the closer and closer I got to Jesus, the more that I would have a problem-free life where I wouldn't have to go through challenges and I wouldn't have to go through adversities. I wouldn't have to deal with the risk. The struggles keep coming. I thought the problems would head out to sea once I hit my knees and profess faith in Jesus Christ. But when we look at the heart of Jesus, which is where we're headed today, when we look at the heart of Jesus, when we look at what Jesus is preparing you and I for, in fact, you may not know this, but did you know that Jesus actually promised you that problems were going to come? That the closer and closer you get to Him doesn't mean the further and further away that you get from problems, but rather He is with us and He is equipping us and He is guiding us and He is helping us to fulfill the calling that He has on our lives. So I'm so excited that you are here this morning. I don't believe it's by accident that any of you are here. And so I want to pray for God to show us what it is that He wants to show us today through His Word as we humble ourselves and say, God, Help me to see the expectations you have for my life. If they don't match up with the expectations I have for my life, help me to bring those into alignment to trust you and to see you in the midst of it all today. I'm so thankful that you're here with us this morning. Why don't we pray together before we dig into God's word? Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for a powerful morning of worship. Thank you for just this place where we can come and gather. And I pray, God, that our words this morning and our worship and our presence would be pleasing and honoring to you and that you would change us in this process. God, we give this day to you and we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen and amen. As you can see on the screen behind me, we're in this series called The Jesus Way. And Chrissy hit this just a few minutes ago. And The Jesus Way is our Easter series. And so we're headed all the way to Easter by looking at the way of Christ and what it means to live like Jesus. And I don't have to remind you that the world's way and the Jesus way are different and Jesus wants us to follow him and and wants us to and gives us a guide and gives us the way that we should live gives us boundaries gives us parameters and this morning we're going to unpack what Jesus has given us through the Holy Spirit and how that guides us and how the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth so if you have a Bible I encourage you to open with me to John chapter 16 you're going to see these words up here on the screen you can hop on that mobile device as well John 16 is where we're going to be spending most of our time, but I'm actually going to go back to verse 26 of John 15 and then and then go right into John 16. So I'll start in John 15, verse 26, and then go all the way through John 16, 11, and you can follow along here with me. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands Condemned. So, on the heels of a message from Jesus to the disciples that the world is going to persecute you, he says, Problems are coming. You are going to experience persecution. Right on the heels of that, Jesus promises his disciples, which is a promise that's relevant for us today because, as disciples of Jesus Christ, these words are to us just like they were to those in the first century. Jesus promised that an advocate would come. And that advocate is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was sent from God to you. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, comes according to John chapter 16, verse 1, so that you will not fall away. This is huge. Jesus does not want you to fall away jesus does not want you to go through life struggling to figure it out all on your own jesus does not want you to be frustrated jesus doesn't want you to try to live a life where you have to be in charge of your own destiny and you have to try to figure everything out you have to try to figure out the ways to respond to the adversities that comes in your life jesus doesn't want you to quit jesus doesn't want you to throw in the towel so he sends the holy spirit to guide you in all of those endeavors the holy spirit was a guide to the first century disciples and is a guide to us today. But Jesus never said that the life following him would be problem-free. He never said, in fact, he sent the Holy Spirit to guide you through your problems. But he never said that your life would be problem-free. On the contrary, he assures you they will happen. But you don't have to be lost. You don't have to quit. Now, if you've ever been a place that you've never been before, which was true for the disciples and, of course, true for the life of faith that we're all on, there is nothing like the power of a guide, is there? If, you've, if you're at a place where you have never been before, maybe you're on a tour, and you show up, it's the most beautiful place, but you don't know where to go. And one of the sites that is a sight for sore eyes is the guide who shows up and says, follow me. Follow me. I'm going to take you where you need to go. I have the path set out for you. And what Jesus is promising the disciples is that's the role of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to guide us, to serve as an advocate. Back to John 16:7. Very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Because unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. What Jesus is trying to do here is he's trying to explain to them his purpose, He says, I'm going to die, but yet I'm going to rise from the dead, and then I'm going to ascend back to heaven. And this is for your good that I ascend back to heaven, because when I ascend back to heaven, then the Holy Spirit will come. And I find it so refreshing that at every juncture in the disciples' lives, Jesus was saying, God will be with you. At every intersection, Jesus was saying, I'm not going to leave you alone. In fact, that means this morning on our notes, and you see here on your notes, perhaps you want to write this down and reflect upon it later, the heart of Jesus is for you to never be alone. The heart of Jesus is for you to never be alone. John 16, 1, all this I have told you so that you will not fall away. Jesus wants to hold you close. In fact, he sent the Holy Spirit as a reminder that you are never alone. But at times, I am sure you feel alone. I won't make you raise your hands for that. But I know my hand would certainly be raised. If I were to ask you, have you had a season in your life where where you feel alone? Maybe you're plagued by loneliness today. I know that when a group of people are assembled, there has to be people in this room that if they had the courage to say it would say, yeah, I'm incredibly lonely. But I hope that you know through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're never truly alone. Loneliness in our culture seems to be at an all-time high. In fact, we've never been more connected as a people and least relational. We've never had more opportunities to connect with one another across the globe. It's at an all-time high, but yet the connections with people actually have remained incredibly low for many of us. I know for millennials and Gen Z, and if you wonder who that is, if you're on the older side, that's not you. Uh, But Millennials and Gen Z, um, I almost said those of us who are younger, I just put myself in that group, but loneliness is at an epic proportion for uh, our young adults, and I do pray for those of you who are here that that's your story this morning. I pray that you would know today through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are not alone. And that through the relationships that you can form in this place, the community that would be strengthened in your life, that you can have a rich community and that you can have people who are there for you that can help you fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. That's what God is reminding us through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's an advocate. The Holy Spirit is an advocate. The Holy Spirit is there so that we won't fall away, so that we will know that we are never alone, no matter what it is that we might be facing. But Jesus continues saying, not only is the Holy Spirit an advocate, but he's getting ready to flesh out for the disciples what the Holy Spirit actually does and the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So I want you to look at his role. Go back to the text in verses 8 through 11. So when he comes, it's the Holy Spirit, he will prove The world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me. About righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the Prince of this world now stands condemned. So the Holy Spirit is a guide for you, but the Holy Spirit also does the work of proving to the world that they are wrong about sin and proving to the world, showing the world about the path of righteousness, showing the world about eternal judgment, what they deserve based on the way that they live if they were a follower of Jesus Christ or if they were walking with the ways of this world. Now, I might need to kind of pull out a stool to sit down this morning to make sure that you and I fully get this, but the Holy Spirit sent by God is the proof to the world that there is sin in their life. The Holy Spirit sent by God is proof to a lost world That judgment comes in your life because of sin. When you make a profession of faith to follow Jesus Christ and you surrender control of your life to Jesus Christ, it is the Holy Spirit who guides you. It's the Holy Spirit who guides you and directs you into those right paths or what the Bible would (laughs) refer to as righteousness. Now, what does this mean for you and me? This is so crucial, and I pray that we get this this morning. You see it here on the screen. No matter how hard you try, you can never accomplish what the Holy Spirit accomplishes. (laughs) No matter how hard you try, you can never accomplish what the Holy Spirit accomplished. Did you know that you don't have to play the role of Holy Spirit? I believe that for some of us, maybe none of us in the room, but for some of us generally speaking, uh, some of us like to kind of be amateur Holy Spirits. (laughs) Um, And it's like amateur night, and we're like, let's be the amateur Holy Spirits in the lives of other people. And we walk around thinking it's our job to do all the convicting of everybody else. It's our job to do all the judging of everybody else. It's our job to make sure to hold everybody else's feet to the fire and to have brazen words and raise my voice and remind you just how bad you are and how good and holy I am. Because how will they ever know if I don't remind them that they're wrong and if I don't remind them that they are broken? See, what a short-sighted and weak view of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit actually doesn't need a break. (laughs) The Holy Spirit doesn't take off Sundays, and that's when we step in as amateur Holy Spirits. See, if we're not careful, we take on a role that we were never intended to take. Now, do my words matter? 100%. Am I supposed to speak truth? 100%. Am I supposed to cower back from talking about sin? Absolutely not. But is it all on me? Not at all. Because, see, the precise job of the Holy Spirit is to do the convicting And our job as followers of Jesus Christ is to do the living, the sharing, the ministry, the inviting. It needs to be said this morning, but did you know that the Holy Spirit is really good at what he does? We don't have to be amateurs and add on to that. There is no person that you're ever talking to about faith that God is not already working on. Did you know that? There is no person, God is priming that pump in that person's life through the power of the Holy Spirit. On the inverse, there is no person that you're talking to about course correction in their life or about moving away from a life of sin that the Holy Spirit is also not already working on. So let the Holy Spirit work in and through you. But the Holy Spirit doesn't just put a big wrong, broken, flawed, impossible stamp on people. What does the Holy Spirit do? He guides us in the paths of righteousness. The Holy Spirit shows you the wrong path while guiding you on the right path. This is so amazing. The Holy Spirit shows you the wrong path while also guiding you onto the right path. Go back to verse 13. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Now, as humanity, it's really easy for us to point out all of the wrongs and never offer a solution, isn't it? In fact, we're really good at this. We're really good at um, its human nature, uh, of, of saying all the things that are wrong and never offering a solution. If you don't believe this to be true, may I direct you to the Internet. I mean, the Internet is full of this, everybody just saying what's wrong all the time and not necessarily offering a solution, or just reminding this is a flaw, this is broken, this is wrong, criticizing this without ever coming in and saying, this is what we could do to actually make it better. See, not so with the Holy Spirit. God did not send the Holy Spirit just to put on us a stamp broken, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, we don't remain in our brokenness, but we walk in the newness of life. And he directs us into the paths of righteousness. God said, I'm not going to leave you in your brokenness. I'm going to show you you're wrong." I'm going to convict you of sin. I'm going to surround you with people that will spur you on to good works, and I move you from the path of death and sin to a path of righteousness through Jesus. I don't know if this comes as a surprise to you, but did you know that you're a really broken group of people? And you have a very broken pastor standing in front of you today. We are lonely. We struggle. We've tried to figure out life on our own. We have many times gone the way of the world. We've been defined by the things of the world, but we are forgiven today, and we are children of God if we have made that commitment of faith to follow Jesus Christ. And because of the Holy Spirit, we no longer have to be held captive in that sin. And isn't it great news that everybody in your world right now also doesn't have to be held captive by that sin? Allow the Holy Spirit to work, and you step up and you live out your faith, you invite, you share those words, you be there for one another, you encourage one another, you pray for one another, and God does something that is so incredibly rich. It's a beautiful life that we get to live. But lest we forget, that ride is also bumpy. (laughs) Jesus knew it was going to be bumpy for his followers. He knew that some turbulence was coming. He knew that the oxygen masks were going to be needed. He knew that the seatbelts and the harnesses were going to be necessary. In fact, Jesus continues on by telling them that. I don't have time to flesh out everything in verses 16 through 31, but he tells his disciples in verses 16 through 31 that soon you will see me no more. And in true human nature, they were confused by that. What is he talking about? We're not going to see him anymore. We thought Jesus would be here forever. And Jesus says, no, I'm ascending back to the Father. It is for your good. And so he starts using some illustrations and he starts using some word pictures for them. And they basically were like, Jesus, we really don't get what you're saying. And so in essence, what Jesus said is, I'm going away, but you're never gonna be alone. And they got it. And they said, well, why didn't you just say it like that in the first place? We could have understood had you said that. Jesus reminds them, I am going away. But yet, you will never be alone. And Jesus is encouraging them. He's reminding them the life that they're getting ready to step into, it is going to have some bumps. It is going to have some bruises. Has your life ever had some bruises? Has your life ever had some bumps? Has your life ever had some long stretches of interstate where it's just boring and sometimes meaningless and sometimes you wonder... Can God really be trusted? Is God really here? Has God forgotten about me? Because I don't know why I am where I am and I thought life would look different than it is. It's not meeting up the expectations that I was living under. And Jesus reminds us that that's a promise. Those bumps and those detours are going to happen, but yet he has not left us alone. I want you to listen to Jesus' response to his disciples. Picking back up in verse 31. Do you now believe, Jesus replied, A time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In this world you will have trouble. See, the scattering of the disciples was intimate. intimate. It was going to happen very soon. They were getting ready to go, and they were getting ready to take the message of the gospel. And praise God, that message of the gospel spread from the Middle East, and it's now here in Nolensville, Tennessee. Through the brokenness, the broken people, the flawed disciples, who struggled to wonder, can God really be trusted as well? And Jesus says, you're going to leave me alone, though I'm not alone. You're going to have troubles, but you're not going to be alone. In fact, Jesus says, in the very midst of the troubles, you can have peace, but that peace is up to you. And in life, you have to come to grips with this. And it might shatter your expectations. This might be something that we were not yet quite ready to understand. It might be a hard pill to swallow, but nothing has ever been clear in Scripture that you see right here. Peace is a choice, and problems are a promise. If you don't hear anything else I say today, if you need to tune out, if you've been tuning out, if you're going to tune out for the next few minutes, do not miss this. Peace is a choice, and problems are a promise. In your life, the path ahead, peace is a choice. But the problems, sorry, it's a promise. I mean, look back at verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Don't you love that Jesus' word says, I have told you all this so that you may have Peace so that you can have peace. Peace is available to you no matter what. It is a conscious choice right now. But he said you will have trouble. There's a big difference between the word may and will. You may have peace. It's kind of up to you. But you will have trouble. Sorry. You don't get to opt out of that Now, in the first century, the disciples, they walked with Jesus and he left. And that was a prime opportunity for them to either choose peace and trust or a prime opportunity for them to trust in themselves and doubt. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but Jesus said you can have peace only through Christ <clears throat> if you make the conscious choice to do that. The troubles, however, you don't get to choose if those come. You cannot control the diagnosis in your life. You don't hold the future to know when people are going to die. Many times we see things that come to our lives and we were never expecting it. Maybe it was a loss. Maybe it was a job loss. We don't see why the story was written the way that it was written. We don't understand the story. We don't understand what God chooses to bring into our life. We don't know why we're going through the challenges that we're going through, but we know that we must endure. It's high time that we let go of trying to protect ourselves and to bubble wrap ourselves to avoid all the obstacles we're going to face in life. Maybe it's an expectation that we have. I just thought life would be obstacle free the closer and closer I got to Jesus. But Jesus says it's a promise that those things will be there. Now, when we hear the phrase promises of God, this is probably not what we're thinking about. (laughs) I was raised in an amazing little country church up in Kentucky. And uh, we sang hymns every week. We actually had this little thing called hymnals, and they were in the back of the seats, and, and, and we would, you know, follow along with the words. And it was a, a beautiful little church and a legacy of faith that was set in me, um, and still a, a very growing and active church there in the community that I grew up in. And we sang hymns every week. And one of my favorite hymns, don't worry, I'm not going to sing it for you, but one of my favorite hymns, and maybe you know it, uh, it was this beautiful old hymn, and it was called Standing on the Promises of God. And I loved that song, Uh, and it, it was my favorite song as a kid, still probably one of my favorite hymns. And there's a line in that song that says, standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let his praises ring, glory in the highest I will shout and sing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Who doesn't love the promises of God, of which there are so, so many? Hebrews 13 says God will never forsake you. Proverbs 34 says God is close. Psalm 34 says God is close to the brokenhearted. Isaiah 41 says I am your God and I will strengthen you. Deuteronomy 3 says God will never leave you. Matthew 11 says come to me when you are weary and I will give you rest. What amazing promises of God. I'm not forsaken. Jesus is close. He is my strength. He's never going to leave me. He is rest for my weary soul. Amazing promises of God. But when was the last time a conversation went like this? So, Pete, what is the promise of God that you're standing on today? What is the promise of God that you're drawing strength from? Well, Kevin, you know, I'm really getting strength from God right now in the promise that troubles are coming my way. When's the last time you ever heard that conversation? I'm drawing strength right now from knowing that troubles are coming my way. But did you know that that's a promise of God? It might not sound like a sweet promise, but it's a promise nonetheless. And it makes the teachings of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, the role of the Holy Spirit in our life even that much sweeter to know that he guides us and that he doesn't leave us and that he doesn't forsake us. I in no stretch of the imagination could stand up here and list out all the troubles that are going to come your way. I can't stand up here and list out for you everything that's going to come, all the unmet expectations, all the loss of dreams, all the loss of health, loss of children, death, But peace is a choice. Joy is a choice. Over the last two weeks, um, I had the privilege of walking with a family here in our church through death. And you may say, why did you use the word privilege to talk about walking with a family through death? And when you have a person who has a relationship with Jesus Christ and who is walking solidly with Jesus Christ, the scriptures remind us we do not grieve like people with no hope. But we grieve as people with hope because we know that the eternal security of a person is solidly with Jesus. And there was a sweet lady here in the life of our church at our Nolensville campus, and her name was Nancy. And many of you may know Nancy, and she was amazing. And she was one of our um, greeters, and she served so faithfully um, week in and week out. And her uh, life was amazing. Full of many struggles, primarily health struggles, and she had had overcome cancer several times, and ultimately succumbed to cancer at the end of her life. And um, just a couple of days before Nancy went to be with Jesus, she and I had a conversation, and I asked her, Nancy, how are you feeling? Um, kind of, what's, where's your heart? What, what, what are you thinking about? What, what, what are you processing right now? And she looked me in the eyes with a big smile. And she said, Jason, I have no fear. I have so much peace. And her body uh, would shut down just a few hours after that. But there's something about looking into the eyes of someone who's walking with Jesus and them telling you, I know that death is upon me. I know that there's no reversing this course. But I have peace. And I do not fear. So much so at her memorial service, her family asked me to make sure that everybody knew that. And they said, we want you to make sure that at that service, if there is someone there who does not have peace, and if there is someone that is living a life of fear, that they know that only through Jesus Christ, their life can be made whole. That is what mom would have wanted. Because that's how she lived her life. And when you've seen the other side of the story, people who grieve as people with no hope because their eternity is not secure with Jesus Christ, it's a completely different picture. There's not peace in those rooms. There is fear in those moments. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit so that we could have peace, so that we would not have to be held captive by fear. Because of Jesus, you no longer have to live in fear or worry. Isn't that good news today? Because of Jesus Christ, you no longer have to live in fear or worry. See, this can be your story. I actually don't have to worry today because he is Lord of it all. I don't have to fear today because he has overcome it all. Peace can be not this elusive, faraway thing, this faraway concept, but peace can be here in my life, right here and right now because of Jesus Christ. So whatever is holding you back this morning, I pray that you realize Jesus has got it. Take great heart today in knowing the heart of Jesus is for you to not be alone. And if there is an expectation this morning of a problem-free life, perhaps this morning we'll pray for God to change that heart. Because, see, God sent the Holy Spirit not that we could live a problem free life, but that we could actually have peace in the midst of all of the struggles, that we could have joy in the midst of all of the chaos. And I pray that peace for you. And I pray that this morning you would not leave this building until you've experienced that, that you've experienced the peace that passes all understanding. If you want to stick around after the service, we'd love to pray for you, we'd love to introduce you to the God who loves you. Perhaps you want to make a note on that connection card that you'd like to talk to someone about accepting Christ or giving your life to Jesus Christ. But I want to close this morning with the words of Jesus in John 16, This is his command. This is his promise to us today. And it's so rich and it's so good. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. That you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. Share this episode with someone in your life. Make sure you subscribe to be notified so you never miss a sermon. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcast.